0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of the Rice Kill Eat podcast. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Tyler Pruitt. I am your host, and I am excited about what we got going on today. Before we get going, I just wanted to uh, let you know that this podcast, Rice Kill Eat podcast, is brought to you by RKE Field. RKE Field is an apparel brand made for those who love God, freedom, and the great outdoors. Be sure to check us out at rkeoffield.com. You can also like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, the Rise Kill Eat podcast. That way you can make sure that you're not going to miss out on anything RKE or this podcast itself. So we're going to do weekly shows where I get on here and I I talk about a few different things. I'm going to interview some awesome guests. I've got some awesome guests lined up and I'm I'm excited about where where this podcast is gonna go. So thank you for joining me on the second episode and uh we're just gonna get right into it. So today's episode is going to be all about the ethics of hunting. So ethics is something that is it's always uh can always be somewhat controversial. I think it's something that's that's important to be discussed. So in order for us to have an effective conversation over uh, over what ethics actually is. I think it's important that we first have to define what is an ethic or what is ethics. Basically, ethics is going to be a set of moral principles that are associated with a specific culture or society. So basically, it's going to be something. It's going to be a, a cultural matter. matter it's going to be a social matter. So society as a whole and culture as a whole are going to develop things that are going to determine what is right and what is wrong. So basically a sense of morality. Now, uh, ethics are also rules of conduct for behavior. I think it's important to, to talk about what ethics are in the form of hunting because there is a lot that can go right and there's a lot that can go wrong whenever we're out in the woods, whenever we are firing projectiles at living animals. So I think it's important for us to kind of discuss what what that behavior is going to actually look like. So it's going to pertain to what is right and what's wrong. Now, in order to be an ethical hunter, there are three main things that we need to keep in mind. Um, these these three main points, they come from the book I mentioned in the first podcast, the introduction. They come from the book Beyond Fair Chase, and that's by Jim Possewitz. Jim Posowitz is a great writer on all things hunting, conservation, those type of things. And uh, this book was written in nineteen ninety four. It was published in nineteen ninety four. Posowitz wrote this book with just the, with the just with ethics really with ethics and the tradition of hunting in mind, actually the subtitle of the book is the ethic and tradition of hunting. So it's beyond fair chase, the ethic and tradition of hunting. It's a really good book for for all types of hunters, whether you're a beginner or more advanced in your years. So these three main points are going to come from Possewood's book Beyond Fair Chase, and uh, we're just going to get right into it. So the first one. The first one is knowing and respecting animals. All right. So these are obviously going to be the animals that you're going to be hunting. Also, not just those animals, but it's going to be, it's going to include just wildlife as a whole. So knowing and respecting animals. So What starts out whenever he's talking about knowing and respecting wildlife, he's, he kind of puts the perspective of, of the hunter into wildlife. So he says that a hunter is a predator, that is basically just a participant in a world where predation is has belonged and it has belonged for, for a very long time. Uh, predators have since the, since the fall of man, predators have been a very important part in the, uh, in, in wildlife and predators can only exist if there's prey. So obviously the animals that we're hunting is, is going to be our prey. And then we are by nature predators. So, uh, hunters belong in, in the natural setting just as much as other predators do. So human hunters is what he's referring to here. So people who are choosing to go out and pursue wildlife, this is what he is talking about here. So hunters are, they belong in the natural setting just as, as much as other predators do. So whenever he says other predators, he's talking about animal predators, obviously. So these are, you know, mountain lions, wolves, coyotes, those kind type of animals, so he's saying that hunters are right in line with those types of animals. So in order for a hunter to be able to stay in that natural setting, they must take on the responsibility of behaving in a way that is respectful to the animal. So this goes back to, to the point, knowing and respecting wildlife, knowing and respecting animals. Now, I wanted to add in there also, uh, and their fellow, fellow people, we must also not only respect animals and wildlife as a whole but we also have to respect other responsible respectful hunters so it's a as much as we would like for us to be the only ones out in nature and exploring wildlife and hunting wildlife uh, that's not always the case and especially um, for those of you guys who like to hunt in the midwest and south you're almost always going to I at least know of somebody else that's going to be hunting. So I mean, uh, or you, you may even run into them and see them yourself, especially on public land, those type of things. So this is a this is something that's important that possibly brings up. So respecting our fellow hunters is obviously going to be important. Now, another way that we can respect wildlife is through our preparation. So preparation comes in several different factors. So preparation to Important aspect of knowing and respecting wildlife as well is simply we just owe it to the animals that we are pursuing to hone our skills so that when we are presented with a shot, we're able to take the most ethical, um, quick kill type shot on that animal. So if we are going to pursue an animal with the purpose of and with the intent of killing that animal, then it's our responsibility as ethical, responsible hunters To make sure that we're able to do that quickly because it's it's just not a good position to be in whenever you have an animal that's suffering um, because of an injury because of something that you have done to that to that animal being able to get a quick kill shot is obviously going to be a very ethical thing to do and the most efficient way of doing that is by preparing preparing for that type of shot obviously our practice our practice and our shooting skills, whether it be bow or rifle, those are things that um, things that we need to not take lightly. So we have to be able to make sure that we have the confidence in ourselves, and our skills, and our abilities. We need to make sure that we have we just simply have the the skill set available so that when we are presented with a with a shot, that we're able to take take advantage of it and make the most of that shot. Practice should be. Of course it should be preseason, but in reality, year round practice is going to be the most beneficial for you and the animal. So uh make sure that you're prepared. So that's that's obviously going to be an, an important factor in your ability to be an ethical, responsible hunter. This preparation is also going to benefit you in overcoming buck fever. So anybody who has hunted for any amount of time has experienced or know at least know of what buck fever is so buck fever in case in case you're wondering buck fever is basically when you have an animal that comes that presents a shot to you and you either you you lock up or you you rush a shot or don't even take a shot and it's basically this this mental override that your body does that uh, prevents you from doing what you were set out to do all right, so um, this can present itself, like I said, this can present itself in several different ways. It can be done where you just simply you just you can't bring yourself to shoot the animal, which is ideally, if you're going to have experience buck fever, that would be <laughs> that'd be the way to go. That way you're not rushing a shot, but you just don't. So one example is where you don't uh, take the shot. So another example is whenever you rush a shot and you either miss the shot, miss the animal, or you get a bad shot. Now that's obviously going to be an issue, um, not only for you, but most certainly for that animal because, uh, injuring an animal, wounding an animal is, is not ideal in the hunting, in the hunting world. We want to, like we said before, with the preparation, we want to make sure that we make quick, clean kills so that, um, we're able to put our animal down fairly quickly. So uh, whenever we experience this buck fever, that it's uh, that's going to be that's that's an issue. Obviously, if we if we're making bad shots, dealing with buck fever can the best the best antidote for it is to basically be prepared. So that year-round practice that I was talking about before, be prepared so that whenever you're presented with an animal, whenever you're presented with the shot, that you're able to perform at your best because you have the confidence in your ability to shoot. And you have your confidence in uh, basically being able to control yourself mentally. Repetitive training is going to be a great way to prepare yourself. Like we said, year-round practice, even definitely at the minimum preseason practice is going to be, uh, going to be where you want to at least start. But also getting your mind and your body ready is – both of those are going to be equally important. So your mind – is where that buck fever that we were talking about before, that's that's going to be more of a mental issue. So being able to prepare yourself mentally and physically is going to be a great way for you to uh, to eliminate that that buck fever so that you're able to take a good, ethical, quick kill shot. Now, uh, I mean, you think about it in, in the way of like sports teams. Think about it in the way of sports teams. So this basketball season is winding down and just ended. Um, so those guys that are playing sports, those guys and gals that are playing sports, they are going to spend hours and hours and hours practicing before their games. So as hunters, we have to kind of take a very similar approach to, to this and take ownership of our own practice and prepare for the big moment. And that big moment in our case is going to be taking a shot at an animal. So it's a, we owe it to not only ourselves, we owe it to the animal that we are pursuing to make sure that we are prepared and that we are uh, we're ready to take the shot when it's presented. It's far worse to be presented with a great shot at an animal and miss the opportunity by just simply not taking it because you don't feel like you're ready than it would be to not be prepared and to take a bad shot and injure or wound that animal. So... Make sure that whenever you go to pull the trigger, that you are ready, and if you're not, then simply don't do it. All right. So that's all part of the the knowing and and uh, knowing and respecting wildlife. So the next thing is going to be obeying the wall, and these walls are set by state game management departments and agencies, and these are designed with the intent of preserving wildlife while also allowing opportunities to hunt. So it's it's a very very delicate balance and very delicate dichotomy that must take place that these guys have to come up with. And um, they're trying to present us with the, the most opportunities as hunters, but at the same time, making sure that we're able to preserve wildlife so that we don't get into a, a population issue and a habitat issue. Most of these walls are going to be done at the state level. However, in the case of waterfowl, this is going to be done on a, on a federal basis because they're migratory birds and migratory birds don't have any, any conscious awareness of state lines. So this is going to be more of a federal thing. And in the case of most waterfowl, it's going to be an international walls as well. So it's a, it's important that we, that we are obeying these walls and in order to, in order to obey them, we have to know them first. So take, take ownership of learning the walls before you get, into the into the woods and out on the water all right so make sure that you you have those in line that way you know what you're doing there now part of that includes knowing what the bag limits are so you got to know how many of certain species you're allowed to take um, make sure that you are doing the best you can at, at uh, keeping track of that because bag limits are, are a very important way for us to uh, for conservationists and for biologists to to keep track of how many animals were shot and harvested in that past year. So make sure you're keeping track of those. And it's also just a, a way for us to to continue to pursue animals in a way that uh, that will allow us to continue to hunt. So another way of doing that is uh, making sure you're punching your tags the right, the right way. So by punching tags, I mean you're calling in like Kentucky. We have a telecheck system where you actually have to call in or get online and they do this for deer and turkey make sure you check in the day of that way this is just a a way for the state agency to keep a running total of the harvest numbers for that those animals so make sure you're punching those tags when appropriate you're doing that in a timely manner so that the state agencies are able to keep track of those those numbers now uh, the next part of this is making sure that you are hunting during posted seasons only. So, once you start hunting out of season or you start hunting more than what you're legally allowed to, you're choosing not to punch tags, those group you into a group called poachers. And of course, poachers are the bad guys to hunters and uh, poachers are by definition they're just they're just people who are choosing to take wildlife, harvest wildlife illegally. All right. So obviously that's not something that you want to find yourself in a position of being. Um, and if you are ever presented with, with, a, an issue, a, an ethical dilemma or a legal dilemma, it's just best to s- simply just come forward and just fess up to, to the department. I mean, you, you still may face fines, but if you try to hide it and you end up getting found out, then obviously it's just going to be, it's going to be an issue not only in your wallet, but could potentially cause some other legal issues for you as well. Okay. So just make sure that you're obeying the law. That's what Possible is kind of getting at here. Now, the, the next part, he it, it doesn't necessarily get into the specifics of this in this section. He gets to it later on in the book, but I think it was important for us to kind of add this in there under the obeying the law, and that's gun safety. So gun safety is one of those topics that uh, – I feel like is not necessarily taken seriously as often as it should. Gun safety is obviously an important thing because this is, these are people's lives and quite frankly animals lives that we are dealing with here. So gun safety is something that definitely needs to be in there as far as being an ethical hunter. And that's not only for yourself, but it's also going to be for your hunting partners. So before you go out in to the woods with somebody or out on the water with somebody make sure that they know how to properly handle a firearm because at the end of the day, they are responsible for when that trigger gets pulled and you don't want that to be accidentally in your direction or in anybody else's direction or a dog's direction or anything like that. So make sure that the people that you're hunting with, that they know how to properly handle a firearm because they are, have the ultimate responsibility of the terminal resting place of their projectile. Okay. So it just makes sure that the people that you're hunting with, they know what they're doing. All right. Not only for their safety, but for your safety, of course, as well. All right. So the last point I wanted to get to, as far as being an ethical hunter is just simply behaving the right way. Now, this is just kind of, kind of summarize everything as a whole and it's very difficult to to get into the specifics of every way that hunting, or that hunters rather, should uh, behave the right way. So it's just, basically it's our responsibility as hunters to have a thoughtful, to, to be thoughtful whenever we're behind the gun or behind a weapon. We, like I said, when it, when it comes to gun safety, we have the, the ultimate responsibility of where that projectile, whether it be a bullet shot or an arrow or a bolt or whatever it may be, wherever that projectile lands and whatever it hits in the process is ultimately our responsibility. The one who is behind the weapon is the one who is responsible for that weapon. So we're going to, I'm going to have an episode coming up soon where I just simply just go over gun safety itself, but, in order to be an ethical hunter, we have to have those thoughtful decisions whenever we are, uh, whenever we're out pursuing animals. All right. So next, next part of that, this uh, behaving the right way is uh, to understand that your decision determines the outcome of another living thing's life. All right. So again, take ownership of where that gun is pointing, what you're pointing that gun or bow at, and uh, make sure that you you have thought that process through. That you know that whenever you release that arrow or you pull that trigger, that you have the potential for, simply put, you have the potential for destruction. Another way of behaving the right way is just to make sure that after the shot, after you take a good, quick, clean kill shot, that you take care of the meat, take care of it promptly. That way you limit the amount that is actually going to be spoiled. And then you just make use of of as much of that animal as you can this comes comes into play uh, i mean this is obviously going to be different across the board but some unique ways of using meat that isn't always going to be thought of is uh i know of a lot of people who like to to eat deer heart and a lot of people who like to eat deer liver um also using like the neck roast so you can actually cut the side of the the neck off of a deer and use that as a neck roast I, there are some great recipes for some uh, crockpot barbecue using the neck roast. It's it's really good. I've tried it myself, and it's it's really good. And I actually enjoy using the neck roast just simply for that recipe. Making sure that you're going to that you're taking care of the meat promptly, and you're going to use up as much of that animal as possible. And if you don't know, and if you can't yourself, then give it away to somebody who can. All right. So still harvest that animal, still harvest that meat, and give give the meat away that you either don't want or that, uh, that you just simply can't, simply can't take care of. Okay. So find somebody, um, whether it be a fellow hunting buddy, a a neighbor, somebody who's just simply needs, needs a little bit of food and just, just give it away to them and let them, let them be the, the bearer of, of that meat. So just to summarize, in order to be an ethical hunter, there are three main things that we need to consider and um first one of course is to know and respect your animals okay the animals that are that you are hunting and those that you are not hunting so just think of wildlife as a whole and uh just just know and respect those animals consider them part of the picture okay Okay. The next part is to obey the law. All right. So just make sure that you are following rules and regulations that are set in place. Make sure that you are aware of what bag limits are, when you're supposed to punch your tag, when the hunting season begins and ends, and make sure that you are controlling the muzzle of your firearm and that you have the mentality of taking ownership of the terminal resting place of your projectile. All right. So your bullet, shot, bolt, arrow, any of those type of things, you, you have the ultimate responsibility of where that ends up and what it passes through or into as a result. All right. And then the last point is to just simply just behave the right way. All right. So behave the right way is obviously a, obviously a very vague statement, but I think that I think you kind of get the, get the gist of what we're getting at. So just basically just be thoughtful of your decisions while you're in the field, while you're, uh, out in the woods and while you're, while you're hunting, just make sure that you have thought through the process of shooting and the process of preparation and make sure that you, uh, you take care of the meat that, that you end up with that. Yeah. At least you hopefully end up with. So just make sure you take care of that and, uh, do it as soon as possible. All right. So thank you guys for uh, listening to another episode of the Rise, Kill, Eat podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you like us and you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, we really appreciate uh, any of the feedback that you you want to give us. So uh, if you want to, you can check out our um, contact information. It's at rkeaffield.com. I just wanted to thank you one more time for listening to this podcast. My name is Tyler Pruitt. This has been another episode of Rise, Kill, Eat. Thank you.